Hello, everybody. My name is Aubrey Love, and you are listening to Aubrey's Podcast. This podcast will be talking a lot about Christianity and the Bible. As a former atheist of over 20 years who was married to a Christian woman, I have had my fair share of issues in life. This podcast is aimed to help out anyone who is seeking the Lord or has a few questions about Christianity. You see, it's okay to be curious, and if you're new to faith, well, that's alright too. Everybody has their own curiosity and their own ways and their own timeline of getting closer to God. You see, if we look at Proverbs 3, 5-6, through 6, we can read that it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. You see, what we don't really comprehend is that 90% of us walk this daily life as if though we are in charge, we are in control of our own lives. But we often find ourselves failing or miserable. If we just stop and give it all back to God, pour out our hearts onto Him, and ask Him for strength, courage, and guidance, He will lead us down a straight path that is humbling, caring for each other. And above all, it will turn your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. As somebody who has been an atheist of 20 years, as well as lived a abusive childhood, I was taught at a very, very early age in life that men do not show emotions. We carry the weight of the world on our backs. And for the longest time, I was okay with that. Being married, I took a lot of my childhood drama into our marriage. I passed that along to my wife and onto my kids. I was not the best husband, nor was I the best child. Nor was I the best father. But I've come to learn that after being converted... My heart of stone was converted to a heart of flesh. Now I'm rebuilding relationships with my wife and kids. And it's taken some time, but it's growing. Where I'm going with this is that as a man, instead of me carrying the weight of the world, I realized my wife is here with me, not against me. So whenever I have issues, or I'm concerned about something, I encourage my wife to give her input. I yearn for our conversations where we can have one-on-one time. Although with four kids, that's kind of hard to get now. But our relationship has gotten stronger and closer together. My relationship with my kids 
is most significantly improving. You know, one of the hardest things as an atheist to do comes from Romans 10.9. And it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, as an atheist, being submissive to a higher power, let alone God, it's hard to do. Most atheists want to see something physical, just as if, though, we want to see a million dollars or a Lamborghini to show up in our driveway. We are asking a celestial being, if you would, that does not even confined himself to this world, but he is outside of space and time. We're asking the creator of everything to do something physical that we can see. And it took me the longest time to realize that is not how God works, actually. He does work in essence that he does prove himself. What I ended up doing was I was at the bottom of my rope. I was doing everything my way. I found myself into a new church. I even find myself surrounded by new friends. And I must say, with my new friends and a new church and my job on the line, I was very much confused. My wife was on the verge of leaving. My kids hated me. And the job I had just gotten was gone. I had nothing left to live for. So, when I realized I was getting fired, I came home. I went right past my wife. I didn't even tell her hi or honey, I'm home or nothing. I didn't say hello to my kids. Instead, what I did was I went to the bedroom. And I did exactly what God says to do. If we look in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You see, what I ended up doing was I prayed. But I didn't pray for money. I didn't pray for my marriage or my kids. I didn't even pray for myself. What I literally said in my first real prayer was, God, you brought me and my family to this new location. You gave us a wonderful job and you're taking it away. This is not right. If you are real, give me a sign. Show me that you care about me and you care about this family. And I kid you not, not but two hours later after I say that prayer, my old boss gives me a phone call and he said, hey, we've got a new, uh, a new lead and 
a new way we're going to try to do some things. Come back to work. So I went back to work. Now, that is one way that helped me convert to Christianity. The next part is I surrounded myself with the right people at the right church. You see, what a lot of people do not realize is if you have the right church, they are there for you. Let me give you an example. When I first started going to this church, the pastor of my church is a huge nerd, just as much of a nerd as I am, if not maybe a little bit bigger. And in my first few series that I went to him whenever he was preaching, he happened to do things like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Marvel, all of the things that I personally enjoy watching and reading the comics to. And after about the third sermon, I went right up to him and I said, Pastor, you may not know who I am, but I've been coming to your church for the last three Sundays. I love your sermons. I will keep coming back. And by the way, I'm an atheist living in the South. Whenever somebody says they're an atheist inside of a church, the normal reaction you get is everybody's anti-social with you. For those of my atheist buddies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Pastor Josh of Lake Point Church in Rockwall, Texas, did just the opposite of what I was expecting. He gave me a big hug, smiled with a gleam in his eye, in his words, he said to me, I'll never forget. He said, welcome home. Are you a part of a life group? I said, I'm kind of involved in one. It's Ty Daughtry's life group. He said, well, I challenge you. Stay in that life group for six weeks. Go there six days, six weeks in a row. And let's see what happens. So I took him up on that challenge. Not because I'm afraid of a challenge that I don't back down. That is part of it. But the other part was the fact that he gave me a hug and said, welcome home. So I took the challenge. Eight weeks later, in March of 2021, I was baptized. And it was the best feeling in the world. You see, we all walk through life, and about 90% of us has one common fear, one common thing that everybody in the world shares, and everybody's trying to buy a little bit more time to avoid this from happening. Almost everybody I know will be dead at some point in time. And a lot of people are not quite exactly afraid of dying. They just don't want to die right now. 
But let me tell you something. You read in Romans 6.23 that says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, because we are born and are natural sinners, we will die. That is our punishment. However, God loved you so much, he sent his only begotten son to die on that cross, to take the beatings and the humiliation. He took on the weight of the world of all of his sin and all of his evilness. He died and spilled his own blood so that way you can live in heaven with him. Think of it this way, and this is probably the worst analogy you will hear about Jesus dying. God is our father, and just like all fathers, we get punished, and we punish our kids, whether it be with grounding, taking away a toy, or getting a whooping. We have a variety of different ways of disciplining our children. But let me ask you something. What would you do right now if your dad took a beating so bad it cleared your name of all of the troubles you did? The broken windows, the broken bones, running off with your dad's car at 15 or 16 getting into your car wreck, looking at the dirty magazines. No matter what sin you have done, your dad took care of that sin for you. If we look at it that way and realized what we would do as fathers to make sure our kids have a better life than we did to make sure that they are well taken care of and they have everything they want and need. And we realize that our father in heaven only wants the same for us, just like we do for our kids. We would be in a much better place. Now as a, Former atheist, I will hold dear to one verse in the Bible that is indeed definitely hard for us to say, especially when we're talking about a celestial being that we cannot see, touch, feel, or hear. It pretty much contradicts all basic of our six senses. Now, let's look into Romans 10.9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in all your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. God's gift for an eternal life is you declaring with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in it with all of your heart, that God raised Jesus up out of the dead. 
took him from that shallow grave and let him walk again amongst his people so that they may believe and they may pass on his legacy for generations to come. You, my brother or sister, I will see you in heaven. I thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or are confused about a Bible verse or verses, please connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, or send me an email. Have a wonderful day.